when it comes to criminal justice reform, I, I want you to just keep in mind that a record should never be a life sentence to poverty and stigma. Hanif Salam of the Delaware ACLU Smart Justice Campaign knows firsthand why second chances are important. Representative Melissa Minor Brown understands as well and is working on legislation to break down barriers to opportunities to help individuals looking to change their lives. There are really people sitting in prison right now who don't need to be there. There are really people that are just like hitting barrier after barrier after barrier when they get released from prison. And it's sad. Criminal justice reform is nothing new to Representative Minor Brown. She explains her commitment and what you can do for people who deserve a second chance. From the Delaware House Democratic Caucus, you're listening to Whip Count. I'd like to take this time to introduce Representative Melissa Minor Brown and Hani Salam, the Smart Justice Campaign Manager for the ACLU. Thank you guys for joining us on Whip Count. Thanks for having us. Good so, to be here. Yeah, yeah. I'm happy to always have you. This is your second time, Hanif, and Representative Minor Brown, you've been on here quite a few times as well. Uh, we're going to talk about criminal justice reform, you're working on several bills that fall under the umbrella of criminal justice. Why are you so passionate about this, first and foremost, criminal justice reform? Well, for one, I just, I truly believe that people are greater than their worst mistakes. And I think it's up to us as a society to, to offer people meaningful uh, opportunities to redeem themselves for rehabilitation. Not only that, but it's, it's no secret, you know, we've seen some of the things that have gone on throughout our country over the last few years and, and, and before then, and it, it continues to go on. Um, we continue to see individuals either lose their lives or be, be incarcerated, long-term incarceration. We continue to see the, the inequities um, when it comes to criminal justice, when it comes to incarceration, but um, somebody has to do it, right? So when you're in a position where you can make those changes, even like Hanif, when you're in a position where, where you can advocate for those changes, then it, we have a moral obligation to do so. And I was getting ready to say, this is music to your ears, Hanif, right? Because this is the work that you're passionate about and you get to do every single day. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, definitely. As the Smart Justice Campaign Manager, you know, it's my job to ensure that we are reducing the prison population. Uh, the goal is uh, from when we started in 2018 to reduce it by 50% by the year 2023. And I, I think we are on track for that. Um, our numbers in Delaware have went down over the past two years. And it's also my responsibility to ensure we're reducing the racial disparities within the criminal justice system. To, so to have someone like Rep. Minor Brown, who has uh, had that experience, whether it be loved ones, family members, and to see her get so excited about creating this legislation and uh, sponsoring legislation to help give people a true second chance, man, is like so refreshing 
I'm here in this day and time in Delaware. Yes. Speaking of second chances, we understand that you have a bill, Representative Minor Brown, called the Fair Licensing Bill that takes things a, a bit further for those who may need a second chance. Tell us about that bill. All right. So this, this is a really good bill, actually. And Senator Pinkney is my uh, Senate sponsor over in the Senate. But what this bill does is it removes the barriers that would not allow individuals to get a professional license. Worked on this about two years ago with um, barbering and cosmetology and um, the labor bills, but labor professions. But now what we're doing is we're looking at the entire division of professional regulation and how there are so many barriers that prevent individuals from being allowed to receive a license, a professional license, such as real estate, which is something that Hanif can, can talk about. But um, some people don't even realize that there are so many professions that, you know, you will get accepted into a, a school or a, um, a, a course and you can get through the course. You can ace this course, right? Yes. You can go to school to be a, a real estate agent, ace the course, pass the test. And then you find out that you cannot move forward and get your license because you may have something on your record from years ago, it may have been expunged, it could have been pardoned, or it could be something that is just in your past, right? And you've already, you've already gone through the appropriate measures to, to, to get right. And now you can't even receive that, that professional license that will allow you to create, that will, it will basically disqualify you from, from, from getting that license. And that may be the career that you wanted to create for yourself. So it's really just a barrier. It doesn't allow individuals to really get to, to work towards that potential that they want to get to. So your fair licensing bill, Representative Minor Brown, is a bill that would remove barriers in all professions, correct? Yes. For those who have maybe a criminal past or whatever. And so Hanif, tell me what you can do to, or what experience you may have working with folks that would help push this bill forward. Definitely. I know uh, I myself uh, do everything in my power to make sure the Smart Justice Campaign supports it. Because uh, personally, this is a bill that would help somebody in my situation. You know, I've been home um, uh, reformed. Uh, no other criminal charges for the past 18 years. Since I came home in 2003, I've walked a straight and narrow. But if I chose to get a license to sell insurance or to sell real estate, um, I would be prevented just due to my situation and my charge being over 20 years old. So I know I do everything in my power. And then I also know there are a lot of people in Newcastle County who, this, who that law affects. A lot of people who have turned their life around or maybe even done something as a juvenile, you know, and, and two, I will work with a lot of community partners to make sure that our employers are on board, because if our legislators are going to do what they need to do to remove these barriers, then we need to ensure once a person is licensed, they would also be received with open arms with our employers. That's correct. That's so true. And so you mentioned you've seen time and time again, some maybe colleagues or friends who have a hard time getting a job. Those are things that sometimes people just don't think about. Can you describe a, a situation, Hanif? 
Yes, definitely. So uh, for one, going back to uh, the work that Rep. Minor Brown and others did uh, in a previous session around the cosmetology bill, um, I had a very close friend of mine who uh, was a non-licensed barber, just knowing how to do it by trait. And after coming home from prison in 2016, um, desired to be a professional barber. And it wasn't until, I believe, two years after being home that he was actually allowed to move forward and get his license once that uh, cosmetology and labor law was uh, passed. Um, I also know of a handful of individuals that I've worked with to help get employed once they come home, but their desire is to get more into an entrepreneurial role. And a lot of guys are very much interested in real estate, and it's just hard for them to get over that up with the current provisions that are in place. Um, there is an option in real estate that isn't in uh, uh, insurance um, that may allow the board to let somebody through, but that is solely uh, uh, up to the board of real estate. It, it would be great to see provisions made that would allow anybody to become licensed in any industry. Um, one thing I can see right now, and a lot of people are hungry to build their own. And if people are hungry to build their own enterprises and build their own wealth for themselves and their family, we shouldn't have any policies or laws in the way preventing that. Amen. How, do you, how likely do you see this bill coming to fruition, Representative Minor Brown? Oh, this bill is going to come into fruition and we have to get this bill across the finish line because it only makes sense, right? Listen, if we're really authentic about what we say when we say that people deserve second chances and we believe in second chances, then we have to reduce the barriers that would prevent someone from being able to work to their full potential. If someone made a mistake, if they corrected that mistake, whether they went to prison and prison is rehabilitation, they should be prepared to go out into society. Those barriers should not be there because we talk about reducing our recidivism rate, but how can we reduce the recidivism rate if we are not allowing opportunities for people to get on their feet and to create a life for themselves, a sustainable income for themselves? If we're not doing that, then we're just, we're just spinning in circles. We're not really being authentic about what we're saying. So it's not about just saying that we believe in second chances. We have to be about it too. And that means creating legislation that's going to remove those barriers. That's definitely some food for thought <laughs> for our listeners. Can you talk about another bill that you're working on under this criminal justice reform umbrella? Uh, tell us, it's a, the deception bill? Explain Yes. That. So we are actually working on drafting a, a deception bill. And what this bill does is it bans police from lying to youth during interrogations. So last session, we passed a House bill that would mandate that all interrogations be recorded. So now we have to ensure that during interrogations that, and we're starting with the youth, that our youth are not lied to or deceived during these interrogations because it's really easy to, how should I say this? You know, our youth are, are very um, vulnerable in those moments. Mm -hmm. You have them in your custody. And what we don't want is for a child to, to feel like they're in a space where they have to, where they have to kind of just go along with something or even be dishonest or 
or they're just trying to get out of it. And you, you've seen the movie, how they see us. Yes. Yes. The documentary. Mm-hmm. And, and you saw how, you know, they can, and I, I hate to say this, because I'm not trying to put um, law enforcement in a certain, a certain box, but you saw how easy it is to, to get a, a youth to, to just go along with the conversation. And sometimes they get to a point where they don't even know what they're saying anymore. They don't know what they're saying, how they're saying it. They're just kind of stuck and they're vulnerable and their parents aren't there. They don't know what's going on. So we just want to make sure that we maintain their dignity while they're in custody of law enforcement. And this protects the officer as well, ultimately. Yes, just like the recording, you know, this protects the officer. This protects the person that is in custody so that we all know what happened in that room. Nobody, nobody's going to say something else happened. If someone does, then we can look at that video and we can say, okay, this is what happened. It's clear as day right here. Hanif, what are your thoughts about this bill? Wow. I, I think, um, and, and you have to forgive me, I'm, I'm too stuttering over here because the amazing work that Rep. Minor Brown uh, is doing in the house uh, never ceases to amaze me. But uh, wow. Um, I, I think this would be great legislation uh, because for a lot of individuals, even including myself, um, unfortunately, that walk into the criminal justice system starts as a juvenile. And I understand exactly what Rep. Minor Brown is saying about the persuasion and manipulation. When you are 14, 15, 16 years old, sitting in a police station, being questioned and interrogated by police officers, you don't know what is real and what is not. And if that officer tells you that if you don't tell him everything your mom and dad did from the time you were two, you're not going home, that's what you're going to do. You're going to sit there and give that information up. And sometimes uh, uh, youth don't understand, for one, their right to have counsel during interrogation because they're just young and haven't been taught that. Um, two, a lot of youth don't understand uh, uh, the difference with when it's a law enforcement as opposed to the average adult. A lot of our youth respect the adults and they look at an adult as someone that they need to be honest and truthful with. Uh, but when you're doing things that are gonna incriminate yourself, it is opening that door for you to go into the criminal justice system. And I think we should have provisions that protect our youth, uh, that protect the officers. We should have provisions and laws that create smart justice and not just the same old, same old Delaware way we've seen within our justice system. Representative Minor Brown, you actually touched on this, but I just want those who may not know what you're talking about when you talked about the recording bill Last legislative session, the Black Caucus pushed for pieces of bills, and this one bill included an interrogation bill. Explain that and and tell us where it is. Sure. So this bill actually was signed into law um, in uh, September or October by Governor Carney. But what this bill does is it mandates um, recordation of interrogations when someone is in police custody. Mm-hmm. And, and like we said, it, it protects the individual in custody, but it also protects law enforcement as well. And interrogations, that they can be a critical piece of evidence. You know, that, that can be the difference between someone going to prison and, and being out in society. That's a big, that can be a difference between life and death. So that, that's, it's critical that we know 
what happens and what goes on and what's discussed in those interrogations? It seems like when it comes to criminal justice reform, the job is never finished. Uh, Are there other things that you are thinking about this legislative session as you move forward? Well, when we talk about criminal justice reform and, and second chances, Michelle, I mean, right now, the opportunities are endless because there's so much work that needs to be done. Like I always say to myself, how do you eat an elephant, right? Because I get so overwhelmed. I'm like, okay, one bite at a time. Because if I could, I would just overturn all of this right now. But I can't. If I could, you know, I would ensure that, you know, our our Department of Corrections took a more holistic and less punitive approach to rehabilitation. When you when you think about parenting, you know, when your kid does something bad, let's just say your kid acts out. What what do you do first? Do you beat them first or do you talk to them first? And then you got to ask yourself what works. You know, does does beating your kid work or does talking to your kid work? You know, so I look at that. I also think about something, you know, my colleague, actually, my colleague, Nandi Chipotle said it best. But some of these kids, some of our youth, they never even had a first chance, second chance. Wow. You know, so when we look at the social determinants that exist, you know, access to to healthcare, access to clean parks and recreation and, and, and healthy foods and clean schools and education, when we look at all of that, we really need to to dig in deep there because some of our kids are born without even having a first chance. And then they slip through the cracks. They slip through the cracks, end up at, at Ferris, leave Ferris, go back to Ferris, leave Ferris and go to Howard R. Young or James T. Vaughn or Smyrna. And now you're in, in prison for who, who knows how long. But we really failed those kids a long time ago, a long time ago. So I think if we take a holistic approach to this thing and we look at how we can really help people heal, help people address those rackets in their life, those things that, that, that never were addressed because the things that, that run your life are the things that you don't deal with, the things that you don't get complete with. So if you're, if you're a kid and you're growing up in a situation where you don't have the best upbringing or you know, maybe, you know, maybe dad's in prison, maybe mom is, is overwhelmed working three jobs, maybe mom is, is suffering from substance use disorder, who knows? That kid already has all of that, all of that on their shoulders as they're trying to learn how to cope and who's, and who's helping them do that? Nobody. So we have to really just, it's, it's a lot, I'm telling you, but I, I think that um, as we continue to push forward, address the social determinants so we can try to get ahead of this and then try to work on maybe not sending our children into the justice system, but maybe looking at other alternatives that are really meaningful and that, that will really help our kids realize that they're greater than, their, than these mistakes that they're making and that they um, are valued and show them how to value themselves, you know, then, then we'll get to a, a better space. And eventually we'll start putting a dent in those, those five numbers in our, um, in our prison system. But one thing I really believe is that children can outgrow the criminal justice system. Children can outgrow the justice system. Mm-hmm. You know, they have a period in their lives where they really, really, really need support and encouragement and empowerment, and they can outgrow the justice system. So I think that's the approach we need to start to take. So for those who are listening, what can they do to help? I know that these bills will be filed, but once they're filed, what's the next step and what can people do to help? 
I, and I'm, I'm going to actually, Hanif does this so well, so I'm going to let him speak on this. But what I will say is that people need to get involved, know what's going on when it comes to committees, our corrections committee meetings, our health committee meetings. Um, what's the one, what's the other um, public safety committee meetings, judicial committee meetings. People should get involved. People should come, to, well, you can't come to Leg Hall right now, but you can definitely look at Delaware.gov, legis.delaware.gov. Look at when our committee meetings are, join those meetings, give public comment. You know, tell us about your experience. You know, tell us, give us your opinion on how you feel about this legislation and why you feel like this legislation should either move forward or not move forward. Because at the end of the day, we're, we're just here creating the laws, right? But we're doing it for the community. So we need the community to stay to the left and the right of us, not behind us. We need you right here on the front lines with us, speaking on this legislation, helping us get these bills passed, reaching out to your legislators, speaking out on social media. Um, and, and I'm gonna just turn this over to Hanif really quick because Hanif does such a good job at this. Because what <laughs> legislation that's being drafted, what I, if I went to Hanif's social media right now, he's going to be saying something about some piece of legislation because he is like a number one advocate when it comes to criminal justice reform, when it comes to looking at our, reducing our recidivism rates, when it comes to reentry, when it comes to jobs, when it comes to police accountability. Hanif is on it. Thank you. Thank you uh, so much, Minor Brown. And I, I think anybody that's listening, um, when it comes to criminal justice reform, I, I want you to just keep in mind that a record should never be a life sentence to poverty and stigma, right? For most people living with a record in Delaware, moving beyond that record comes with endless barriers to education, employment, housing, credit, and many other opportunities. These roadblocks can be detrimental to a person's ability to be a fully contributing member of society. And that's the goal. Everybody makes mistakes, but only some people get caught and some people get caught up within the criminal justice system. And they deserve an exit out. It's not just for them, it's for us too. We don't want people to continue to come home and recidivate and commit other crimes because you may think it doesn't affect your household, but when, this, when that guy comes home who hasn't been re rehabilitated, and he's thinking how he's going to feed his family and he wants to steal something or burglarize something, then it may affect those of us who are not in that lifestyle. So we need to have laws. We need to have policies that will help uplift people who have made mistakes. We need to have laws and policies that will help people create a true foundation for themselves and their families. And we need to have laws and policies that allow for smart justice in Delaware. I continue to emphasize that because I'm not saying that anyone should not be disciplined for an act. If they break the law, they should bear the consequences of breaking that law. But there is smart justice. We have people caught up in the system who are innocent. We have people who are caught up in the system who have been sentenced beyond the guidelines. We have people who are caught up in the system who want to change and simply come home and do not have the opportunities or they have too many roadblocks in the way to make that change. So that's why I'm involved and anybody that's listening who wants to support criminal justice legislation or smart justice, 
should, number one, contact your representative first. Make sure your representative is on board. Ask them how they feel about second chance legislation. Ask them how they feel about criminal justice reform. Then you can reach out to your center. But it's like Rep. Minor Brown said, we have to be involved. We have to be at the table. The biggest myth that anybody ever told me once I wanted to start to do, to do good in Delaware was that I could not be at the table. That is so untrue. Anybody listening right now, you could be at the table. This is all public information. Any committee meeting is public information. Any House hearing, Senate hearing is all public information. The calendar is on the General Assembly's website. Come to the table, allow your voice to be heard, and make sure that your voice is heard. Hanif, I just want to say something really quick. I just want to say thank you. Thank you for the work that you're doing. And I don't know if you see it this way, but you are literally saving lives every single day. Thank you so much for what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you for the kind words. Is there a final statement, Rep Brown, that you would like to offer the audience? There, you know what? All I can say is that we have to be committed. We have to be committed to second chances. We have to be committed to knocking down those barriers that prevent individuals from being successful when they reenter society. And take that holistic approach. Everyone is greater than their worst mistake. And we, as a society, we have to do a better job. And I'm, we are, we're doing it, but I have to say a better job. We have to do a better job at addressing these barriers and allowing individuals to truly rehabilitate, reenter society and sustain in society. We have the ability to do that. Whip Count is brought to you by the Delaware House Democratic Caucus. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash dehousedems, on Twitter at dehousedems, on Instagram also at dehousedems. More episodes are coming, so make sure you're subscribed.